two blocks from the Alamo. This Welcome infrastructure junkies to the big show. This is a podcast created by right-of-way professionals for right-of-way professionals. The Pendulum Land Podcast is the voice of the right-of-way industry. We're your primary source of news, trends, and developments in eminent domain, right-of-way acquisition, and the Uniform Relocation Act. I'm Dave Arnold. And I'm Kristen Bennett. And gosh, there's a lot of people here. That's right. That's because we are recording live in San Antonio, Texas at the 67th Annual International Education Conference of the International Right-of-Way Association. Unmasked and in person. And this is our mid-season finale, ladies and gentlemen. And we have lots of surprises in store for you and a very special guest of honor. Well, Kristen, before we get started today, we want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Pendulum Land Services who has an exciting recent announcement. Oh boy, do they ever. Yeah, Pendulum Land Services, in addition to being SWAM certified in the Great Commonwealth of Virginia, is now a certified DBE firm. That's a disadvantaged business enterprise. So if you're looking for a full-service right-of-way firm, and it's important for you to work with small or women-owned businesses, check them out. You can find them at PendulumLand.com. That's www.PendulumLand.com. Today... We have the incoming president of the International Right-of-Way Association, Jake Farrell. It is so great to be here with all of you in person. I know we have some people joining us virtually as well, but it's a little bit of a different conference this year. First of all, I think we're so enthusiastic to see each other and to see each other's faces, um, but we're also missing some of our wonderful international friends, and conference just isn't the same without them. And I'll tell you... We typically have about 1,000 attendees at conference. We're doing pretty good this year. We have about 650 in-person attendees and about 220 that are joining us virtually. So we still have a lot of people participating, but it's a little different, and we do miss our international members. And speaking of international members, we're going to kick today off with a very, very special message from one of our great Canadian friends. Are we ready? Who's the guest? This guy. Hello from the Great White North. Uh, just in case you don't recognize my Canadian accent or the face behind the way too great COVID beard uh, might be showing up on your screen. It's Kobe Godwin, Chair of Region 10. First off, I just wanted to say thank you to Dave and Kristen for letting me intrude for a few minutes and say hello. I was going to try to convince them to let me do this live, but as I tend to ramble on, they can just cut this message short or edit it down. So if anything I say doesn't come off as the way you think it should, totally been edited. Uh, first off, I do have to say that I'm really sorry that us Canadians are not able to be down there in San Antonio with all the infrastructure junkies. I hope you're having a great time. Uh, probably a little quieter without us rowdy Canadians being down there, though. We all wish we were able to make it, but given the current situations and regulated isolation periods, uh, it just wasn't in the cards. So since I can't be there in person, just wanted to wish you all an amazing conference. Take everything in that it offers and have some fun. It's been too long since we've all been together and that has been sorely missed 
especially since I believe that one of the core things in the IRWA is relationships and memories we build with each other. Uh, to me, it's an incredibly unique organization. And even though there are some people we only see at conference, it's like old home week. And you know what, you're in for a lot of fun as soon as you walk in through the lobby doors. We'll miss that this year, but I'm really hoping those moments will carry on to next year when we'll be back. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Jake Farrell will be in the room. So to Jake, I just want to pass along a very hearty congrats from us north of the border. And even though I've only gotten to know you and work with you over the last few years, I'm really looking forward to having you as president and leading us through what is hopefully this last bit of bumpy road before we hit open highway. My only bit of advice to you is to enjoy the year as I'm sure it will go by faster than you can absolutely imagine. Uh, it's going to be a busy year, but take some time to enjoy it. You've got a good group in the IEC and IGC to help you out. And speaking of the IEC, it would be a shame for me to miss the chance to also thank our outgoing president for leading us through this incredibly unique year. Uh, Sharon's amazing leadership and poise has made all of us Canadians proud of her. So if I can ask one favor while you're out there having fun, take a minute and raise a glass to Jake and Sharon, as well as those Canadians who can't make it down. And yep, that's three glasses. But I think most of you are up for the challenge. And last thing, uh, before I let you get back to the real entertainment, I just wanted to give you all a friendly mind reminder that the clock is ticking. You now only have one year to rest up for the next Canadian Hospitality Suite in Cleveland. I have a strange feeling it's going to be a really good one. Thanks again and enjoy the conference. All right, guys, we're going to miss we're going to miss our Canadian friends this year, aren't we? Definitely. All right, Jake. So let's let's talk a little bit. You, you want to get to know each other a little bit? Sounds great. Are you nervous? Are you? A little bit. You should be. I was be. until I got here and everyone started making me feel nervous. All right. All right. Remember, the, the microphone's your friend. All right, Jake. Yes, sir. What I have learned the hard way is that work on the IEC takes a lot of time. Now, when you're not volunteering your time on the IEC, what do you do for your paid job? I work for Omaha Public Power District. I am the current property just changed real property manager and uh, uh, as well as uh, facility manager. So multiple jobs within within one role, but uh, I, I uh, manage 250 properties across the eastern 13 counties of the state of Nebraska, uh, as well as 26 buildings. So, well, that begs the question that I find that most people who got into this industry were either born into it, like they had a relative who was in right of way or they kind of stumbled into it, which is, I completely stumbled into it. So what was Me your too. journey? What was your journey into right away? Um, you know, much like everybody else, I went to school, I got a business degree and, and graduated in 2000 something, early 2000s, too, too long ago to remember, but it was a bad market at the time. And, and Omaha has a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and you go apply for Union Pacific and, and ConAgra and, and all of those appropriate companies to try to get a job, and, and then you're set for life, and, and it just wasn't happening for me. Uh, when I went to college, I uh, framed homes. I, I loved building homes and, and, and doing the construction job, so I started a construction company and, and was happy to do that for two or three years and, and decided to get married, and, and my dad, who... Um, worked at Union Pacific in the real estate department for 41 years, uh, came to me and he was like, the market's not looking good. You know, you, let, me, uh, let me introduce you to uh, Jack Borgmeyer, who owned a right-of-way uh, firm that, that did general right-of-way services across the, the state, you know, the Midwest, mostly in the state of Nebraska. But so I, I met Jack Borgmeyer uh, and then 
you know, a few months later, after just having lunches and stuff, he hired me and, and paid for me to, to go to get my real estate license and, and entered into the, uh, the world of right-of-way and the International Right-of-Way Association, like much of, much of us have done. Uh, and then I, I just kind of graduated into to other jobs and, and other opportunities, uh, just, just in career path. So thanks to my dad... I got into this field. So, so was your dad in? I mean, he worked for the rail line, right? Yes, sir. So, yes. did did he did he consider himself to be in right of way? Was he in their right of way department? Yes, yes. And actually, he was the chapter seventy eight president uh, a few years before I became chapter seventy eight president. So, one of one of the coolest things I ever experienced was, uh, I don't know if other chapters do this, but we we signed the back of the the charter for for the uh, for the chapter. So. When I turned it over and I was done with my presidency, I was able to sign the, the back of, of our charter and, and seeing my dad's name uh, and signature on that was a, was a really proud moment for me. So how did it feel to follow his footsteps in right away? I mean, my dad was an FBI agent, so I don't have the experience that you do. My dad was a high school principal while I was at that high school, so I was super cool, just FYI. <laughs> um, Pretty, I never really thought about it, you know, in, in, until recently as I was starting to write some speeches for, as I ran for the IEC and, and then, you know, for different offices. I, I didn't really think about, you know, the legacy that, that my dad had left for me and, and, and what I want to leave for, for him, really, uh, as, I, as I go through this, but um, it's emotional. But you've got two daughters, school-age daughters, right? Yeah, uh, going to be 13 and, and 8. Okay, so what are you thinking? Right of way or? Um, I, my youngest is, is would not. I, I think she's going to be a <laughs> UFC fighter or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll meet her. She's coming in tomorrow. You'll, you'll see her. Um, my oldest is a little more reserved. Um, she wants to be something in the veterinarian area or something like that. She loves animals. So I don't see them doing right away, uh, but, uh, you know, Time will tell. Most of us didn't know we were going to be doing right away when we were their I age either. Agree. We'll see. There's a chance. Right. When I was 13, I thought I was going to be a rock star because I was listening to Billy Squire all the time. Oh, there it is. Guys, we, we, right? we made right? it a good 10 minutes before he brought up Billy Squire. I'm so sorry. I'm really trying to put it into this for those of us who don't like Billy Squire. It was Squire. actually 11 minutes and 8 seconds before I brought up Who's Billy Squire. Who's counting? Everybody's counting. <laughs> So in, interestingly, though, you know, we've done a couple of episodes. We did an entire episode on the concept of right-of-way being the hidden industry. You know, everybody knows about infrastructure, but nobody really knows about the people that get it done. And there's not really any college majors for infrastructure. And so that's why I say you either stumble into it or you have a, a mentor or a family member that brings you along. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I you know, there's been lots of discussion around, hey, should we, should we the young professionals or, or others, like, formulate and push in some, some like, credentialing or something into college to, to have some... And the answer would be... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, heck but, yeah. But as you look at it as well, when you stumble upon this and the passion that comes from, from being a right-of-way agent, it, it, it's almost inspiring in itself that you don't follow that, that educational path. Right. right? So... I, not that I'm totally against that, because I, I really would love to see some educational opportunities in, in colleges and stuff, but I like the uniqueness of what we have here. You, you don't have to have a college education to be a right-of-way professional. It, it doesn't require that, albeit that it, it, it helps in certain aspects and things like that, but, but 
the organicness and, and, and the realness of, of who you are and as you go out and you buy right away from people doesn't require you to go to school, right? It requires you to get some training and, and, and some experience and knowledge, but I, I find that really cool in our industry. I agree. It begs the question, do you really need to spend $40,000 a year to get a degree in liberal arts to become a right-of-way agent? <laughs> or, and I don't know what it costs to get your SRWA, but it darn sure isn't $160,000 now, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. No, no. So that's a little plug for the IRWA for any of the tens of thousands of downloads of this episode upcoming. Well, you know, if Faith was here, she could probably use that as her, as her first marketing scheme for, as we start pushing that committee. <laughs> right. Well, I, I want to kind of stay on this topic, but I, I found uh, I stumbled into right away. This is your story, not mine. But I found my, that my career literally transformed from just being an eminent domain attorney to joining the International Right-of-Way Association. Now, it sounds like, to me, you got involved in the IRWA as soon as you got involved in right-of-way. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I, I can't remember who told the story today, um, but I, I joined because, you know, my, my boss at Midwest Right-of-Way Services said, hey, you know, uh, I'll pay for your membership. You just need to, you'll pay for classes, right? So at the very beginning of that, I, I, I went to a meeting. He's like, oh, meetings, meetings in two weeks. And, and first meeting, uh, uh, an opportunity for a committee or something came up, and, and he raised his hands. Oh, Jake can do that, right? So, <laughs> so I started in a committee and then immediately got moved into secretary. And, you know, and that, that's how most of us get involved in the leadership at IRWA is, is you're more than less voluntold to do it. And, and after a while, you're wanting to do it. And it's a, it becomes a passion to make sure that, that you're passing this on to the next people, right? So um, it, first meeting became leadership. Right. Wow. Been in it ever since. So, Right. So the next question is a very loaded question. Has your personal and professional experience with the IRWA met your expectations? It's, it's exceeded it. Uh, I, I have met... I mean, you can break that down into very many components. Um, some of my closest friends have been uh, a part of IRWA, and, and I have met through this association. Uh, wonderful people, right? Like, we talk about the education and, and all of the member value that comes from, from being, a, being a part of this association and the credentialing and, and what that provides you in, in your job. But, you know, I, I take that beyond in that, that the relationships that I've met with people here and, and, and connected will, will last a lifetime, and, and I appreciate it, and, and that to me is worth more than, than anything else I get out of this. And we're going to get into that when we talk a little bit about how the COVID has affected things, but just to point out, like Jake, you're from some state that you have to fly over to go to an important place, and I'm from the East Coast. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, but, shots but fired. I don't, I don't think I would know anybody from Nebraska if it wasn't for the IRWA. And, and And there's people in the audience right now that I've met that live, that live and work in the Pacific Northwest that I would not know. There's a group from Texas that I would not know. There, there's people in my own region, Region 4, that I wouldn't know but for the IRWA. So oh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So thank God I know one person from the state of Nebraska. Thank you, IRWA. Putting it on the map. That's right. I know that's right. So as I look out at the audience today, I can see other people who are past presidents of the IRWA, people who have held very important leadership positions. So being in the IRWA is one thing, Jake Farrell, 
but being in a leadership position on the national level is quite another. So that next question is, are you flipping crazy? Uh, I think so. <laughs> so. I didn't plan to be here, and, and most of you that have been around for a while know that, that I, I came into the position abruptly um, through a passion to make some change. Right? So I look back on that every year and think, what the hell am I doing? Uh, <laughs> and, but the love for this association and, and, and the connections that I've made keep me going. Uh, I, I truly believe that I want to make my mark on this association, make it better, look back and think that I did something good. Okay, and I, I'm going to go there. Y'all want me to go there? Yeah. Yep. All right, I'm going to go there, Jake. So we want to talk about how this all came to be for Mr. Jake Farrell. And you were first elected at the national level at the Edmonton Conference, is that right? That's correct. Okay, but uh, I was there at the Edmonton Conference. I wasn't a voting director that year, but I was there, and I got text messages, and I don't recall seeing your name on the ballot that year. It was not. Do you want to you get into that a little bit? Ouch. Uh, I'll touch on it, I guess. That's fine. He's sweating. So. <laughs> it's a glow. Where do you want me to start? Well, what, made, what, what, what inspired you to, um, you, you ran from the floor, didn't you? I did. So there was a governance task force that uh, was presenting some changes that they, were, they thought was in the best interest of the association. Uh, they presented to the International Governing Council, and, and a bunch of us were, were not pleased with the approach, the engagement, the transparency. Uh, in the direction uh, the association was taking. Uh, so about an hour before the board of directors meeting, uh, I sat down with, with Judy uh, Jones and uh, Faith Rowland and, and was discussing what, what do we do? You know, I was at a crossroads. I, I was, you know, I was doing well in my career. I, I, I had served at the region level. I, 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 could, I could walk away. Right? I, I could finish out my region obligations and, and go play with my children who were younger at the time and, and didn't always like seeing daddy travel off to, to other places or, or I could stand up and, and do what I thought was right. Um, so uh, at lunch with Judy, I, we, we talked about, oh, let's make a budget request through, through a, a motion or something like that. And then I said, Judy, we gotta run from the floor. Uh, and make a change. We can't change this association without being where the change can happen. Uh, so about an hour before the, the board of directors meeting, uh, we decided that that was what we were going to do. Uh, hold on, hold on. You're telling me this decision was made an hour before the meeting? Yes, sir. Look me in the eye when you say that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> One hour. If you go back and look at pictures, I'm pretty sure I was standing up at the podium in a pair of jeans. Well, that's not unusual. You, you wear a Star Wars T-shirt on the IEC meetings and IGC calls. You know, I like to be comfortable. So, so we, we ran from the floor. Um, I, I truly did not expect to get elected. Uh, I, I, it was more or less, a, here's a message, right, that, that we're watching. And uh, I do not remember the total count or the, the numbers, but I remember looking over and, and thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we might or and, might not edit that out. And, I think it stays. And 
I remember thinking, I gotta, I gotta call my wife. I gotta call my work and let them know that I'm now the international treasurer <laughs> of this International Right Away Association. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. So, it was a, it was a very interesting board of directors meeting, to say the least. I'm sorry that I missed that one. I missed it too. I was at lunch with my friends Laura Gunter and Sarah Reby, and our phones were going like something's going down. So after you got onto the IEC, which is the International Executive Committee for people out in podcast land, uh, if you're if you're not in the, in the IRWA, did did it did that experience meet your expectations, or did you get into it and say, you know, I might ought to not have had that second martini at lunch when we were having this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's loaded. Right? Like, so, His questions are always uh, loaded. You want to hear them, don't you? You want to hear the answers? So it, that first year was, was extremely difficult. I came into a world that, that disrupted uh, an association, it disrupted an executive committee, it disrupted staff, uh, trying to rebuild bridges while pushing for change is extremely difficult to navigate. Uh, so um, it... It took time to heal some wounds. It, it took time to, to gain some respect, but also draw lines of where things were not going well. Um, I, I, I know I saw Jeff Jones in here. Um, Jeff was president at that time. Um, Je at the end of Jeff's presidency, I, I, I remember telling him that, that Jeff, I, this may not mean a whole lot to you, but, but you earned my respect. Um, and and I, tr I truly believe that. So. Uh, Again, you gain a lot of friends through, through hardships, and uh, some of those, the relationships that I built uh, that first year will last me forever. Very, very compelling answer. And then we returned to Portland, Oregon for the conference in 2019 where you, were, you had opposition in that. Yes. And um, how'd that make you feel? How were you feeling? I mean, you know, people say, well, I don't really care if I win or lose. That's what I used to say when I was young. That's and, baloney. Yeah, so how'd you feel about that? Were you worried about it? Did you want to finish what you started, or, or were you ready to go home to your wife and kids? I, it, it irritated me. It, it did. Um, but I, I, I understood, right? Um, I, I'm not going to say that, that it didn't matter. It, it mattered, right? Like I spent a year of my life fighting for what I thought was right and, and struggling through and navigating through relationships and, and pressures and, and um, all of those things. We, we accomplished a few things that, that I thought were immensely important. Uh, and legacy is, is immensely important to me. Uh, I want to leave this association with people knowing that, that you need to stand up, right? You, you need to do what you're supposed to do, and we're accountable to this association. That, that I want to be remembered as a, as a responsibility-driven leader, uh, th that I'm here for you. This, I, I don't get promotion out of this at work, right? Like, I, you know, they, they allow me time off. They allow me to, to do what I need to do, but it doesn't come with anything extra at work. That, that's what we need, right? So um, it, was, it was tough. It was stressful because you just don't know. Yeah. Right? But... Uh, at the end of the day, when, when I got up to speak, it felt comfortable. I, I felt like I, I connected, and, and uh, it, it, at the end, it, it worked out okay. Okay, and then the following year, conference uh -oh. was supposed to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and COVID hit. 
And that, so it wound up being a virtual conference. It was a little bit awkward because nobody could be fully prepared for that because we weren't ready to be virtual when that hit, you know. But staff did a wonderful job at pulling it together. And, but Jake, you faced a last second challenger from the floor <laughs> in Minneapolis. Doesn't he ever just get a, a, an unopposed moment? That's ever? not a question, that's a statement. I'm not done yet. Now, now, Jake, I had been thrust into my role at the time, and I wasn't even officially general counsel. They were like, Dave, you've got to put on a tie and get on this thing. And I said, do what? I don't know anything. <laughs> but, but I was there, and I remember on the uh, blue jeans or Zoom or whatever we were on, I remember the look on your face when that was announced. So tell us what was going through your head. Anger. I... I I don't, I don't know what else to, I, I was angry. Okay. Okay. Well, it all worked out. It did. And Wednesday, it wound up you didn't have a challenger. Wasn't that interesting? It all worked out, and this Wednesday, uh, you'll be installed as the next president of the International um, Executive Committee of the International Right-of-Way Association. Do you Quite think, an honor. Yeah, and I, I'm, what, I'm betting, wondering, I don't know, are, are you the first person to ever get to that position that never ran unopposed? I bet he is. It'd be interesting to know. That's an interesting piece of history. Fred Easton is nodding yes. Yeah. Wow. wow. Never so ran unopposed. You earned it. Do you? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, we, we, we like to flush out. We like to flush things out here. Do you have, um, you've got some big shoes to fill. Do you, think, do you think you're up for the job? Are you ready to do it? I am. I am. I'm extremely excited. Okay, well, there's some big shoes that are in this room that you're going to be filling. So we're going to play a little game. Is everybody ready? You guys ready for a game? Ready for a game? Jake, are you, you're the contestant, so are you ready for the game? I don't know if I can get any He's worse. like, after those questions? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, we're going to play a little game called Guess the Past President. Okay? Right. So I'm going to give you a few hints at a time. And if you guess the correct past president, you win nothing. Okay? Awesome. All right. Are I we like ready? All right. This person is here, and San Antonio will be this person's 22nd consecutive annual conference attendance. Also, this person has been an IRWA member since 1990, and this person was initially elected as international secretary a decade ago. Any guesses? Don't look around the room. You don't even know that they're here. Just yeah, Jake, close your eyes when you're answering these questions. <laughs> I was thinking Jeff Jones, but... Nope. Uh, but Do we have a sound effect for that? No, shush. Okay, you got one guess, and you said Jeff Jones, and that's incorrect. Okay. Okay. But Jeff is here, and Jeff, we're so pleased to have you here. Okay, here's your next bit of information. This person chartered the Australian chapter during their tenure as president. This person was the sole member of their agenda on the IEC for one full year during their term. And this person served a lot of beer at the Monday night event baseball game in Charleston, West Virginia, my first conference. Any guesses? Lee Hamry? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay. These are, your final, these are your final clues. I mean, we could be in trouble. Next up. This person, their mission as president was building member value. And this person... Their favorite music is either the Beatles or Willie Nelson. And your final clue, their name rhymes with main boss. <laughs> Way right there. Who is it? 
Jake, you haven't officially given me your answer. You gotta say it in the microphone. Wayne. Wayne Goss, Wayne, yes. come up here. So you do win a prize, and what you win is you win one, one tidbit of advice from Wayne Goss. Wayne, awesome. join us up here at the microphone, will you? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give Wayne Goss a hand, would you? <laughs> Wayne, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Hold on, we gotta let, it, we gotta let him get it situated with his headphones. Where are your Where headphones? There we hey, go. Hey, there's All Wayne. Right. All right, Wayne. I'm home now. You can give Jake one bit of advice, and it can't be like, don't do it or something. That would be <laughs> counterproductive. What do you got? Oh, well, now I've got to start all over. Uh, Jake, really, and I think you, you have uh, shown us here that you're quite capable of this. My, my best piece of advice to you, especially since, since, I mean, you came on with the intent of changing a few things, making sure that, that the IC, the... the IGC always a little more transparent. The changes you suggest or changes that you'd like to see, publicly support them, put them out there, make sure that people understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. I mean, it's obvious, I think, and I'll probably get a lot of agreement, you handled yourself extremely well in this conversation. This guy put some pretty tough questions on you. You did a great job. Keep that up. Make sure the members know what you're trying to accomplish. And I think they'll all be behind you. A good leader makes sure his followers know, or his folks know what he's trying to do. You explain that to them, and you'll have all the support you need. Thank you very much. Ladies right. and gentlemen, Wayne Goss. Thank you for joining us, Wayne. We appreciate you. Thank you for all of your service to this association. You're good. All right, all right. Thank you, Wayne Goss. That was great. Now, Jake, let's get back to the interview. Last year in, in 2020, the conference was supposed to be in Minneapolis, and it was canceled because of the pandemic, which we've kind of already touched on. Now, I heard a number of people express surprise that the decision was made so early in the year. And was can you tell us a little bit about the reasoning behind the decision to cancel it so early? I realize in... in hindsight it was a good decision but at the yeah. time it was, it was people were like looking around saying how can you do this we're all looking forward to going to Minneapolis it, yeah it, it was not taken lightly um, part of my role at Omaha Public Power District is uh, I'm a logistics section chief for the uh, pandemic protocol uh, our business continuity plan so we're pretty tapped into what happens during pandemics uh, we're tapped into the, the health and human resources and, and all of those things that come with pandemics and and we we saw the trends and what was going on very early on uh, we were tapped into other associations and what was going on and and we, we knew that that we had to get ahead of it so that our international partners and and, and those that were going to start making plans would not like lose money uh, so uh, we, we made the tough decision pretty early on, knowing that, that it was the right decision, very difficult decision, but, but to, to cancel the, um, the, the in-person conference at Minneapolis. And it was really hard for Amy, who was president at the time, to, to make that decision that, that impacted her home chapter and, and her region as well, so both of our regions. So. And I think everybody, I mean, when you've been going to conference for as long as a lot of us have, it's like that frames your year. And so, like, it's like there was no beginning of the summer thing, and then, like, time passed in, like, this weird bubble of, like, I have no concept of time anymore because we didn't have conference. That's <laughs> basically what happened. It's crazy. But I, I, I think, 
I will say for me, like, I really, really missed this event because I've been coming for a long time, and I was really, I think I may have cried. Don't tell people that, but I think I may have cried when they canceled it, when you guys canceled it. But it, it was not easy. Well done. You had no choice. You had no choice. Now, we're finally coming out of, we hope we're coming out of the pandemic. I don't want to jinx us all, but um, we're here in San Antonio, and we're not wearing masks up here, and we think we're feeling good about it. And now that we can kind of look back on it, do you think it was a rough year for the association, or do you think we came out of it okay? I think it was a rough year for everybody. If you if you just take it down to the, the personal level, um, you know, many of us had family members that died and we couldn't bury them appropriately. Um, you couldn't go to work. It was really impactful to extroverted people. Uh, I like to be around <laughs> other people. I'm, I'm a hugger. I, I, I like the interaction. Uh, I have friends who are introverted people and thought it was the greatest thing in the world, right? <laughs> I don't have to go see people. But I, I think on many levels, from, from micro to meso, micro, you know, macro levels of, of, of organizations, it, it was impactful. And I think it has changed us, you know, forever. <laughs> you know, short term, somebody coughs next to you, you're like, oh, get away from me. Uh, you, you know, but <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> But at the end of the day, this has had some impact. I, I, I like to look at things like my, my kids, they get in the car. You know, I walk out of a store and I take that mask off. I'm like, oh, I can breathe, you know. My kids will, like, continue wearing it. We're in the car. It's like, you know, you can take the mask off, right? Like, we're okay. And, but it, it's just those kind of psychological things that, that change us for, for the long term. So It's crazy. I, had, I got on an elevator the other day. And I didn't have a mask on. This was before this conference. And a lady got on. She didn't have a mask on. And I said, oh, do you want me to, are you, are you, are we good? Can, like, can we get on the elevator together? Yeah. And she goes, are you vaccinated? I'm like, yeah, are you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, when did we decide that it's okay to ask perfect strangers about, yeah. like, their medical history? Yeah. Like, what in the world? I'll tell you, one of the greatest things I've experienced at this conference is shaking somebody's hand again. Yes! I, I, yes. I know. I forgot yes. what that was like. <laughs> But you know the you know the weird thing is, uh, Kristen and I are both climb certified instructors for the IRWA, and I'm looking out at the crowd. Fred Easton is an outstanding instructor, and many others are here. Uh, James Olszewski's here, and I, sorry, Connor McDonald's here, and Cindy Welpley, Krista Chapin. Okay, Tammy, Tammy Benson. Benson. All right, sorry, Cindy there's Welpley, a lot yeah, of a climb lot of certified instructors. <laughs> but the IRWA is an is an educational organization, and then COVID hit and. Boom, we cancel all of our classes, which were intended to be in person. And do you, well, do you know how we make money? Partially? By Half having classes. Yeah. Half of it. So right. what the heck? I mean, the, the poor treasurer sitting here in the front row, Miss Judy Jones, and she had the worst job in the world for the last year. What did you think? We were like, on the IEC, like, how are we going to get through this? Yeah, I, a lot of uh, credit to staff, uh, Tim Drennan, uh, and the team around that to, to really push the virtual environment. Uh, we, we, we were scared, right? Like, as it started transpiring, let's, what are we going to do, right? You, you either cut sp expenses or, or you get more income. Uh, Tim and, and the team at, at headquarters was really pushing this GAP program to, to take all of those classes and put them into a virtual environment that were canceled. Um, and then we've had two or three reiterations to that recently that uh, now we're trying to transpire those back to the chapters because this is the way chapters make money too, right? Like, so headquarters makes money off of education, so do chapters, and, and really chapters, that, that's their sole source of income. You can get some sponsorships and things like that, but 
and really education uh, is it's organic, right? It's the driver, and, and chapters are, are the engine of this, this massive machine. So um, education is extremely important to us. Um, virtual is here to stay uh, in some capacity. Uh, we had a, a good conversation at the IEC and some IGC level stuff that around what does this look like? We, we, now that we've got virtual, um, can we go to, to night classes? Uh, can, can we look at uh, other opportunities to engage those who can't really take off work to, or, or they got kids and stuff that, how can we do like an accelerated program that, that gets you a couple hours at night without having to do everything all at once? Uh, so looking at opportunities on how to hone and grow virtual environments. You know, the question I've heard asked uh, in the hallways since, since conference began, the most common question is, are we okay? Are we okay? Well, well, okay, I know I'm not okay. Talk about a loaded question, hello. No, no, the the association, and and Judy's smiling. It's a good thing when your treasurer's smiling in the front row, right? Judy's smiling. We should all be smiling. But but having, we've been through through this for over a year. Are we we the International Right-of-Way Association okay after a year of COVID? We are okay. We are more than okay. All right, all right. That's worthy of some applause. So the next one is really a loaded question because we're about to jump you and you don't even see it coming. Um, J- about to? <laughs> <laughs> do, are, are, do, do you see, you know, I always look for the positive in things. And my friends in the audience are being, no, you don't. You're the biggest pessimist we know. But I always look for the silver. Are there any silver linings you see for the organization in our industry because of COVID? I, I like that question. Um, oh, he likes one of them. This is good. This is good. Right. We got the hard ones out of the way in the beginning, Jake. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yes, I, I think that, that COVID has shown that a virtual environment is possible, and we got connected in ways that we never thought that we would. Uh, so we can really globally look at things differently and, and how we connect with Australia and South Africa, Saudi Arabia, all of our global partners and education can be different. We don't have to travel all the way to Saudi Arabia and help them teach courses, right? That, that, that we can do that virtually and, and you know, still find a, a way to make money and, and grow beyond our borders, right? So I, I think that's a silver lining. I think that it, you know, it showed us uh, on a level that, that we're able to get through more than we thought we could, right? Uh, we just talked about that, that financially we're good. We made it through a really, really rough year. There are companies that did not make it, right? There's companies, there's associations. We made it. We're still engaged. There, there's 900 people still here, like virtually or, or in person. That's amazing, right? So we're, we are still a massive and engaged and passionate association. I think that's the, the main silver lining through all of this. Yeah, and I've heard and experienced there's a lot of silver lining to being virtual. But, but to me, there are two primary benefits of this association, other than getting to be around people who understand what we do all the time. Number one is education. And number two, we've already touched on, is this is the only way I ever got to know somebody from Nebraska. It's networking, right? Mm-hmm. And what yeah. I keep asking is, how do you network on the blue jeans? You don't. And so you've had IEC meetings, IGC meetings, chapter meetings, region meetings, some of the, and it's just not the same as pressing the flesh in the hallway or saying, hey, you want to meet down and get an appetizer and some seltzer water or whatever your pleasure is. 
Uh, totally agree. Uh, you, you know, I'm I'm a extroverted person. Right? No, I don't. You? What? I don't like sitting at a computer screen. Uh, you know, I, I do it every day at work now, and and it just it's frustrating to me. Face to face is is the best for this association. You know that that organic discussion that happens, the war stories, the the laughter, the the hugs, the you know the tears that we saw today. That that's what makes us great. Like we we really care about each other. We can get pissed as hell and fight with each other and, and disagree foundationally on, on, uh, on topics, but we still go to the bar and have a drink together. I, I find that really refreshing here in this association. Yeah, and I think I'm with you. I think the virtual element is so valuable, and it's taught, like for me, I'm like, oh, I don't have to drive five hours to go to a you know, monthly status meeting. I can jump on the Zooms. Yeah. But seeing my friends and my colleagues and my clients and my buddies in person, there is just no substitute. So I'm happy to hear you say that because I think there's a way for us to move forward where we incorporate the ease of the virtual. But we aren't replacing us all getting in the same place for conference. I can't buy Gina Phelan a drink over blue jeans, you know? So I, I'm well, really- There, I'm, there yeah. is Venmo, you can Venmo her. <laughs> Nah, oh, that's a good. That is a that's a good point. But anyway, I have I've I don't know if I've ever been so excited to see you guys. Every year I'm excited to see you, but this year it's been like I want to hug everyone and shake everybody's hand, and I'm really excited that we're here. And I'm I'm glad I'm so glad we have this option to incorporate virtual. And with the education, I, I was asked to teach virtually toward the beginning of this pandemic, and I was like, uh, no, I don't do that. No, 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 no. Since then, I've taught several virtual classes. Wow, we have a fantastic platform to do so, and there's so much value there. But I also, I want to get in the room with you guys. Like, I, I want to see your faces. So I'm happy to hear you say that. Definitely. Virtual has to be a component moving forward. It does. Hey, you guys want another message from a celebrity yes. international yes. friend? Yeah. All right, we have another special message from one of our international friends who we know very well and has been at conferences for years, and we all know him. We all love him. Let's hit it. Well, warm greetings and heartfelt congratulations from me in the UK here to Jake Farrell on the occasion of his election to international president of the IRWA. We in the UK, all of your friends and colleagues at the Compulsory Purchase, uh, the UK Compulsory Purchase Association, are so pleased for you, Jake. We've had such a long-standing association with the IRWA ever since like 2010 when uh, Doug Hummel uh, discovered us uh, and made contact uh, across the airwaves <laughs> and, and then the oceans. And so we've been coming to IRWA international conferences for really that long now. That said, obviously, I'm really disappointed not to be with you guys in Santa San Antonio but for me, this is the next best thing, you know, to be on one of uh, uh, these great pendulum, cod, uh, pendulum podcasts uh, <laughs> with, with Dave and Kristen. Um, I listen out for them here in the UK. We greatly enjoy them. I even took part in one. Um, yeah, but this is, this is a way just for, part, for passing on the message sincerely regretting not being there with you uh, in San Antonio, Jake, to shake hands uh, and congratulate you in person, but hope to be able to do it uh, in Cleveland, if possible, um, next year if that happens. And also, 
something which fell casualty to um, the COVID pandemic, you know, something you can make up for, like with these pendulum co podcasts, you, you know, you get together over the airwaves. But we'd really, really like to welcome you IRWA guys in the UK. And here's a challenge for you, Dave and Kristen, actually. And if you come out and do one of your pendulum podcasts from there, that would be great for us too. But long and the short of it, Jake, uh, wish you a, a very happy, successful uh, uh, and productive year. And yeah, uh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again, you know, looking forward to relaying that message to you in person and glad, very glad. Thanks, Dave and Kristen, again, to have the opportunity uh, of doing this, if, if not actually live, but uh, live by way of recording. Thank you very much indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Myra Lewis, one of our great friends yes. from England. Let's give him a hand. I'm not sure he ever said his name, but yes, that's Myra Lewis. We miss him so much this year. He always adds so much to this conference. And hey, do you, do you hear that music? Do y'all know what that means? That means it's time for cross-examination with Dave. So let me tell you how this works. Jake is probably going to stand up and walk out at this point. Dave is going to ask Jake five questions, which Jake must answer in one sentence or less or more. I mean, we're kind of flexible on the rules. I'm not flexible. I am. And then we are going to decide if he passed or failed. It's a pass-fail. So you're going to answer five questions from Dave, rapid fire. You get one sentence to answer, but really do go on if you must. And then we'll decide whether or not we think Jake has survived cross-examination with, cross with Dave. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Jake, you ready? I need a drink. All right, you're going to need a drink. <laughs> I think you're a Newberry has something for you. All right, there's a bar game. There's a bar game that's called Bleep, Marry, or Kill. We're going to call it Date, Marry, or Kill. Oh. <laughs> this is a family show. It's not. Do not play this for your children. And I understand that you're... A, you're a big fan of 80s movies like I am and The Breakfast Club. Yes. So, Jake, date, marry, or kill. Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Demi Moore. Oh, man. You can't um, marry them all, Jake. <laughs> I would marry Molly Ringwald, yes. okay. date Demi Moore, and... Yeah. And kill, I'm sorry. What? Ali Sheedy. Because <laughs> her character was so disgusting in Breakfast Club. Right. Like, the dandruff. Right, the dandruff. Right. We all know the dandruff. Okay, okay. Off to a good start. Uh, let's see how you hold up. You ready for number two? Sure. Jake. General Counsel of the International Right-of-Way Association is appointed by the international president. So does that mean you think you're the boss of me? And if so... <laughs> Would you like to arm wrestle this out? <laughs> I'm getting the feeling nobody's the boss of you, Dave. <laughs> or, there's a well, corollary then. to this question. Or wait, after the first set of questions, would you like to just take me in the hall and beat the hell out of me? That seems more likely, actually. <laughs> no, I'm not the boss of you, Dave. Okay, thank you, thank you. You, sure you are, though. Okay. All right, that pretty, two pretty good answers. You ready for number three? Yes, sir. Jake. Okay, I've got to read this carefully because if I screw this up, the censors are going to be all over me. You and I have something in common. We're both Kid Rock fans. Ew. Yes. Love him. So this one should be easy. Finish the line. 
for the, from the classic song, Cowboy. So many eyes are being rolled in this room right, All right. I just rolled mine so hard, I think I went blind. So here it goes. And I'm a kid rocket down, up and down your block with a bottle of scotch. Now hold on, hold on. Let me say as your attorney, I advise you against answering this question. And as a co-host of the Pendulum Land podcast, I advise you against answering this question because it has, the, I know the answer, and it has one of our banned words. There are words that are banned from the Pendulum Land podcast, and it's included in these lyrics. So don't answer it. Answer the question. <laughs> I forgot the, the start of it now. Okay, try again. Rock. Go again. <laughs> And rock this you know he knows it. Up and down no, the not that one, not that one. <laughs> I'm a kid rocket up and down your block with a bottle of scotch and... Lots of cr- Oh! Ew, ew! <laughs> All right, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Just ew, we guys. Might, we might take that whole thing out. I don't know. Oh, we're taking it out. We're taking it out. All right, from the same song, from the same song, I ain't no cheat. I'm just a regular failure. I'm not straight out of Compton. I'm straight out the trailer. You're That's your president. president, ladies and That's gentlemen. your president. Jay Y'all Carroll. suckers elected him three times. <laughs> and you had other choices. <laughs> Good job, Jake. Good job. Good job. All right, is, Jake. Is that number four? No, no. That was a corollary to three. Oh, we're, we're not, this is going to go on for another hour or two, so just settle in. Jake. Who would play you in the made-for-TV Lifetime movie? Oh, oh I can't Lord. wait to hear this. My wife would like if I said Dennis Quaid, I think. What would you say? Um, let's see here. <laughs> I have no idea. you got to give us something. Um, it's going to be like Brad Pitt. It's Brad Pitt. I would like it to be like George Clooney or something. Okay. No, Jake, I'm sorry. The correct answer is John Malkovich. <laughs> well Got done, it. well done. I like it. All right, all right. One more, one more. Uh, and this is the tough one, Jake. Oh, gosh. You're a resident of the state of Nebraska. True. Now tell us. And you cannot embellish the answer to this or we'll call you out. Tell us the last time something interesting happened in Nebraska. <laughs> because, because the best I can figure is you got no sports teams and the Cornhuskers don't count anymore. Hold, hold on, True hold on. Story. What is a Cornhusker? Nobody knows. Because I thought, like, if you shuck the corn, you're a corn. No, then you'd be a corn shucker. What's a corn husker? Are you putting the husk back on? What's a corn husker? <laughs> I have no idea. Number two, no music comes from Nebraska. Number three, do you even have social unrest out there? (laughs) You tell them about Ross. And I think the Counting Crows summed it up pretty well in a song they wrote called Omaha. And it goes like this. Omaha, a city somewhere in middle America. And that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got to tell you, though. We were talking about this earlier, and I'm asking the question, what's a cornhusker, and what's in Nebraska? And Ross Green said, well, the Hoosiers are from Nebraska. And I'm like, excuse me, I believe that's Indiana, but okay. So what, what you got? What you got? It's a hidden gem, actually. I, I, I do love Omaha. Omaha is the home of the College World Series. For yes, sir. Oh, Coming call, up soon. Coming up soon. Good call. Let's go Red Raiders. It has the number one zoo in the world. All right. And uh, we're holding the swim trials for the Olympics. Uh, this year. 
Okay. Curling Olympic trials. Curling Olympic trials. That's a very important sport. So, um, but the most recent interesting thing that's happened there, I. I don't know, we hit 40 below this winter. That was pretty fun. Oh, you and everybody else in uh, Texas, hello, right? Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's a hidden gem to me. I, I enjoy living in Omaha. Well, uh, yeah, I hope you took all those questions in jest because I certainly, I certainly didn't um, mean anything by it. People joke me all the time from where I'm from. That oh, boy. <laughs> is, that the, is that it? Huh? Is that the number? Is that number five? Yeah, that's number five. All right, guys, what do we think? Did he successfully survive cross examination with Dave? Yeah. Yay! Sometimes I forget to do things. Um, all right, we're going the last segment of questions. Uh, what are your primary objectives as the IEC president for the coming year? Wow, you know, I'm writing a speech right now, and I'm actually talking about a few of these things, so I might be somewhat prepared for this question. All right. Um, I, I, you know, as we talked about earlier in this in this uh, podcast, uh, I, I came into this role or, or this function on the IEC to uh, bring this association back to its members. I, I believe that this association should be volunteer-led. Uh, we should set the strategic strategic plan, the visions, the goals, and, and what we want to accomplish as a, as a member. Um, that, that needs to have staff cooperation to help implement that. Uh, that is vastly important to the success of the plan. Uh, so over the next year, uh, I've got a couple committees that, that are going to start up. We, we, need to, we really need to market better, right? Outside of just of, uh, you know, who we are and, and market to our current members and say, hey, we're still here type stuff, right? We need to broaden out, step out, and, and market beyond the association. Uh, so Faith Rowland, uh, I think I saw her come in. There she Faith, is. Faith has accepted that challenge to, to, to restart the marketing and membership committee. Uh, I've challenged the young professional group, uh, who's been immensely successful in, in starting from a grassroots effort to a group to, to now a, a committee and Implementing a voice is one for, for young professionals. I've challenged uh, our, our new leadership uh, in the Young Professionals Committee to help other groups, right? Uh, position yourself as a membership resource committee and be the voice uh, of others to come in and, and formulate a common voice around um, sexual orientation, race, culture, age, all of those things. That, a, a place for those who want to formulate a, a common voice can come and, and see how that goes. Uh, so they're going to, they've accepted that challenge. They're going to be positioning and, and reaching out to, to groups and, and being that go-to for, for that formulation. Um, I've reached out to Brad Kuhn. Brad Kuhn is a, uh, our past general counsel. Uh, one, one thing that, that is immensely important to us as right-of-way professionals is, is you know, eminent domain, expropriation, compulsory purchase. We, we need to update better, right? As a member value, what, what's going on in eminent domain uh, for our members? What legislation's being proposed that, that either we should like surround ourselves with and, and help push through and, or should oppose? Uh, that, that has vast impacts to, to who we're going to be and how we're going to do it. Long-term, I want that group to, to 
to be where you know agencies go to uh, to help write legislation. What you know, may, maybe we influence our our association better than we are. Um, I, I also want to get back to, to leadership development. We've had a lot of change happening over the past few years, um, needed change, uh, but we've got to position ourselves to, to train the future leaders of this association, not just for the next few years, but, but for, for the next few decades. Uh, we, we need to position ourselves for long-term sustainability because the IRWA of, of my father really is not going to be the IRWA of, uh, of the young professionals that are coming up through. A few things, I, so much more. I could go on forever. I, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about some things that, that, that are up and coming, and, and, and I know there's some IEC members in here that, that, that are helping formulate a lot of this stuff, and, and we're having great debates about it. So I appreciate their guidance. Uh, this isn't a one-man show. Very, very good answer. Excellent answer. So um, we, I have some bad news. Uh-oh. We had a third celebrity guest lined up, but because Kristen is technologically illiterate, true, true statement, true statement. Now let me tell you the guys. The MP3 file where she um, recorded her statement got corrupted and we could not use it. Dave, you're not winning any friends here. Let me I, tell you I guys don't something. have any friends and everybody already knows that. That's probably accurate. So we did have a lovely message from this lady. Miss Andrea Carolan from Australia. And I, uh, Andrea, if you're listening, our apologies. We will make it up to you, I promise. Andrea recorded an absolutely lovely message for all of you to tell you that she misses you, she misses us, she wishes she were here with us. Uh, she sent her congratulations to you, Jake, and her thank you to Sharon. She did talk a little bit about kangaroos and like the wildlife in Australia. Um, but Dave, Messed it up. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. I didn't. We recorded this Thursday evening, and um, it was there. And then when I woke up in the morning, some gremlins from the hotel apparently corrupted it. So that's my fault. How? What's happening? Okay. Exactly. So are we out of celebrity guests? No. Oh, what? Ladies and gentlemen, I was actually able to get a last-second stand-in celebrity guest, not nearly as easy to look at as Andrea Carolan. No one is. <laughs> not many, that's correct, but a celebrity guest nonetheless. Who, who is, what do you mean? Well, see, I have a very, very distant relative who's in the business. Oh, in the right-of-way business? Nope, the business business. Like the show business? I have a very distant relative in the show business, and um, he's been in some pretty famous TV shows, he's been in some movies, and he heard we were doing this podcast, and he's like, hey, Dave, he's burning up my phone, hey, Dave, can I be part of the podcast? And I'm like, no, Tom, no, you can't be part Tom. of the podcast. Tom Holland? Tom, who's Tom? Tom? Tom Arnold. You know Tom Arnold? I'm related to him. For the most part. I mean, part. you guys do have the same last. So you're telling me we have a message from Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold says, I want to come on to the podcast because I've been listening to it out in L.A. And I heard Jake Farrell's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do y'all believe this? Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Jake Farrell. Oh, big Jake Farrell. It's Tom Arnold. <laughs> Tom Arnold here. Congratulations. Congratulate. You're the new president of the IRWA. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> and also, I want to say a shout out for Donald Trump Infrastructure Week, number 234. And so, 
I know you're <laughs> It's happening. I, I believe in the guy. Listen, man, that guy, if, if Donald Trump can't get infrastructure done, who can? Well, turns out Joe Biden can. So uh, I'm all, I, I care about infrastructure. I live in Los Angeles, man. Yeah, you live close. You know how terrible it is to drive around here. I selfishly care. Listen, man, there's a lot of other infrastructure junkies uh, out there, and we all wish you well. Okay, man? I wish you well because I'm going to tell you this. If it doesn't work out for you, they've already given me a heads up. I'm going to be the new president of the International Rights Lane Association. And uh, no, that won't. That'd be like me to be the president of the Marriage Association. I should be the president of the Marriage Association, Jake. I've got a lot of freaking experience. Four. Oh, for four. I should be the president of that. And on the other hand, I'm also an ordained minister. So if you need me to... to uh, I married four couples, and they're all married. I've been married four times and not married. So we got to find what we're good at, Jake. And uh, infrastructure uh, stuff seems like what you're good at. If not, Dave Arnold. <laughs> you know Dave Arnold. I just, who, uh, it, who keeps writing me for money. And uh, Kristen Bennett. It was my future fifth ex-wife. Uh, they, they love you. They appreciate you. I do. You know, just looking up what it is here, it just looks amazing. Uh, there's a picture of a building. Holy moly, you're on Google. Don't Google my name, though, right now. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations. It is me being a, a, the president of this organization. Uh, it's like the... The president of the hair club for men who, who had it. He would always say, you remember that guy on TV? He'd always say, Adam, also a customer. Well, no shit, you're a fucking, look at your damn hair piece. Yeah, you're a customer. Anyway, infrastructure is damn important. And I'll tell you what, man, we got it. We got to get caught up on it in this country. I know you're dealing with the international folks. I don't know if you've ever ridden a train in Japan or, or South Korea. Yeah, yeah, they, you, you get there. You get there. So catch us up. Catch us up with the world. Because we're all connected. All right, Jake Farrell. I love you. Well, Dave, uh, I, guess, I guess you'll have to thank your fourth cousin, Tom Arnold, for that. Are you really related to him? As far as you know, I am. Oh, okay. Hey, awesome. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a better way to wrap this up than to crown our new king. Oh, man. But I also think there's no better person to crown our new king than an infrastructure junkie hall of famer. And how about a brand new one? Yes, let's, let's have Jake it. induce the new hall of famer. All right. Induce, induct, let's do it. All right, Jake, if Virgi you would, Virginia lingo, that's what we say. They say weird things in Virginia. Jake, if you could open this envelope and announce our newest member of the Infrastructure Junkie Hall of Fame. Miss Cindy Wepley. Cindy Wepley. She's excited, folks. She's excited. Now, Cindy, I will say, as an, as an Infrastructure Junkie Hall of Famer, you do get a T-shirt. Remember I said we had a T-shirt snafu? This is the last t-shirt that I have available. Um, I'm thinking this is not her size. So this is a, uh, this is just for show. You will get a real t-shirt tomorrow, but 
Um, if you would do us the honors of jaking the jaking, you're gonna jake the crown. No, you're gonna crown the great Jake Farrell, our new king. Da 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 da. Congratulations, Jake. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for putting up with all of Dave's crazy questions. You did a great job, and we appreciate you. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, I just can't wait to be king.